Welcome to the More Than Fitness Podcast. Uh, I'm actually getting my girlfriend tonight as well. She's flying in from uh, New York City. So yeah, with... My husband's coming back from LA, so it's not much better. All right, so we're both screwed and we're going we're gonna to do our best to uh, avoid this, this crisis that's going on right now. Like, yeah, what? I know. It's crazy, right? It's insane. It, like, I don't even... I kind of feel weird even doing a podcast or even posting something on social media or something like that. I feel um, it's almost, almost like, like everyone's in hiding. Like yeah, there shouldn't be that at yeah. all. Yes, exactly. It, it's just, I don't know. There's, there's so much going on. I think we're all trying to navigate it and kind of figure out what to do. Um, but, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, got to stay positive and figure out what we, what we can do. Um, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is uh, your, your message and your story and everything like that is just, um, it's very inspiring and clearly the the following you have. So first off, you have so much shit that you're doing. I was like looking through some research and like going through everything. And I was like, okay, she's got a lot going on, right? Yeah. Oh, I, I do. And, and sometimes I think I forget like how, like, I don't realize how much I do because I think everyone works as hard as I do when in reality, a lot of influencers, at least in the space today, like they don't actually run their own business. They kind of run off of ads and they maybe sell a, a quick guide, but to actually have a team under them and be a, a, an actual CEO and entrepreneur, it is a different life. And sometimes I forget that not everyone runs it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Basically no one, honestly, because it's success. <laughs> success in the industry is already hard enough as it is, but to have a team and have a, a, a profitable business and a functional business and a ethical business and like putting out really good work that actually takes the industry forward in more ways than one. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very, very rare. So yeah, kudos to you for all that. Thank you. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to chat. I love doing podcasts and releasing one myself coming up soon. I just have to get this shit figured out. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to, to be on and hopefully add some value to your listeners. Of course, of course. Yeah, no. And I think, uh, I think you're going to love the podcasting because this is, this is like my 56 episode. So I'm still, I'm still very new myself, but it has been one of the most fulfilling things that I've basically ever done, especially with my business. And I would, I would like to do it even if there was no, um, return. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like the genuine conversations that you have with people it's just, and then the feeling that you get um, after you know that you both benefited from the conversation and then you also know that the listeners have probably benefited as well. It's just, it's, it's amazing. So yeah, you want to, let's, so what is it called? Brunch with Des B? Is that right? Yes. <laughs> That's what it is. That's exciting. So what's the, what do you, what are you thinking? What do you want to do with it? Um, yeah. So basically what it is, is it, it's going to be a Sunday morning podcast. So basically I want to be the person that can start off someone's week on a really good note. I'm um, going to really just set the tone for what their intentions are going to be for that week. Um, and also like, you know, come hungover, come not hungover, just come tired, come with your favorite breakfast in your hand, your favorite coffee, and just give yourself an, an hour of the day to just take something in that's going to fit you um, instead of maybe an hour a day scrolling or an extra hour a day, you know, sitting, thinking about your ex, you know, whatever it is. I want to be that hour, you know, hour and a half distraction of just the real world and setting your intentions right for the, the week to come. Sure. Are you going to be, is it going to be solo? Or are you going to be bringing on certain guests in the fitness industry or what are you thinking? It's going to be mostly solo with like some guest appearances, obviously ranging from like 
my own followers who I think deserve a platform or an opportunity to share their story to like other small businesses and entrepreneurs, um, you know, fitness industry. Sure. Like I do want to keep fitness in there. However, I want it to be very lifestyle, very just genuine conversation that doesn't always have to revolve around fat loss or, you know, whatever's best for the industry. So Obviously, to dabble in that is going to be important because I want to continue to share how educated I am to my consumers. However, um, I don't want it to overshadow like the the genuine purpose behind of it. Listen, you you are on the right podcast, my friend. This is I called this the More Than Fitness podcast, and I've always put out um, more than fitness content. To be honest, just because I just think that there's so many other things that life has to offer than fitness, and so I think life should always come first, and then fitness use that to enhance your life. Right. Um, but not, not be your life. And the thing is, is with the lifestyle stuff, it's just people are, cause so many people look up to you, right. And they, they look up to you as a person, not just in, in the fitness realm or whatever. And I know you have tons of, uh, knowledge and, and things like that, but they want to know how you think and how you make decisions, how you make choices and how you connect with other people and how you deal with your own problems. And it's like, you would think that, oh, you're a fitness professional, so you should just talk about fitness. But in my opinion, it's just like, if they want to learn that stuff, like you can, there's other blog posts, there's other Instagram posts, there's other people who are way smarter than than I am that can give you better information in that area. That's their thing. But my thing is like, I want to connect with people. I want to help people with other aspects of their life as well. So I think, I think you're going to really, you're going to really enjoy doing it a lot. I'm excited. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, absolutely. And so where are you from? Where are you based out of? Um, I'm currently, I'm from Michigan, but I live in Columbus, Ohio. You just got a new house, correct? Yes. Yes. So we've been renovating. It's, it's been fun and messy, but also once it's done, we're, you know, we renovated first because we're like, if we're going to be here for seven years or whatever, I want to enjoy the seven years in a house that I exactly want it the way I, I, I want it. Um, and by already doing the kitchen, you know, you increase the equity in the house and the resale value and everything. So I think no matter what, it was a good investment. It's just the time behind waiting for it to be done. <laughs> it's a big deal. Yeah. Actually, whenever I interviewed, uh, Sue Bush, I think our, our, um, uh, mutual friend, yeah, she, her and Alex had just moved into their house as well. And I'm just like, I think it's, it's just incredible. It's such a big step. And I'm sure the feeling of whenever you got the house and then you came in for the first time, I'm sure it was, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. It's cool to be, it's cool to be home and know that you don't have to up and leave in a couple months or one lease or whatever it is. So it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so you said you grew up in Michigan? Yep. Grew up in Michigan, right? Like kind of near Lake Michigan. Um, it's by St. Joseph. So like, I feel like that's just a landmark. A lot of people know. Um, but yeah, I grew up there and spent my whole life in Michigan up until after college, moved to Florida for about a year and a half with my, at the time, fiance, then turned husband. And now we came back and moved back to, to be here for, for good, pretty much. Yeah. That's exciting stuff. It's very exciting. Uh, I typically like to at least give a little bit of the backstory for, for the few people that may uh, not know you. Um, but as far as like, so I'm, I'm pretty sure you grew up playing sports. You were an athlete, uh, all kinds of stuff. You played college volleyball, which is amazing. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> how, how was that experience? Um, it was awesome. I think, you know, being a college athlete, if you are blessed enough to have the opportunity or you, you wanted to pursue that, I think it just teaches you a whole lot about balance, teaches you a whole lot about, um, just 
what you need to do to be successful and balance multiple things at once from not only schoolwork, but also you have to show up and you have to be an athlete too. Um, It's a very, very dynamic experience if you get to experience it. Um, Being a college volleyball player was awesome. I played for two out of my four years. Um, Well, two and a half out of my four years. And then I was kicked off the volleyball team. Um, I do have a full YouTube video about that experience and like what happened. And I think a lot of college players can relate with just being poorly treated, especially at a, you know, division one level where you're supposed to be, you know, highly respected and, you know, you're there to bring in money for the university and, um, et cetera. So I do have a, a YouTube video about that, but still having the experience, um, it was kind of amazing because I got to go to college, be an athlete have that dabble in it, go places, travel, you know, do all the fun stuff. But then I also had the complete opposite opportunity to also just be an a uh, student. So it was kind of cool. I, I'm, I almost consider myself lucky being able to have an opportunity to do the both um, because most people don't just opt out and quit sports because it pays for your college. Um, but I was just a walk on. So when I got kicked off, I didn't really lose much other than you know, my mind for a little bit, I was just so distraught, but I was able to make the most out of the situation. And I think I got a lot more out of my actual education, being able to just be a student in those last two years of my undergrad. Mm -hmm. And what'd you get your major in? Exercise science and physiology. Makes sense. And and I finished, um, I almost finished my minor in business, but my ultimate goal was to be a physical therapist and have my own office. So it's kind of why I wanted to do business and then PT. Um, but as I was starting to apply for grad schools and take um, the GRE, I was just at the point where I realized, like, I don't want to help people rehab. I want to help them prehab um, exercise in sports. You know, medicine was a little bit more interesting to me than helping a 70 year old get her arm over her head. Absolutely. Um, and so busting in disguise, it's funny how it all works out, right? <laughs> yeah. What's funny is I was going to be a, a physical therapist as well. And then I took chemistry classes. I was like, oh, I'm just God awful at this. And I'm just not, I'm not going to be able to, I'm going to have to go back and retake all my chemistry classes if I want to be competitive. Um, and again, it was a blessing in disguise because then I pivoted and then I became a registered dietitian and then went down the coaching route and everything like that. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but, uh, but yeah, so, so after that, did, is that where, so you were, you were clearly active, you're an athlete, um, in shape and things like that. But when did you start kind of getting serious about fitness? Did you have an idea of what you wanted to do with the exercise science degree after you graduated? Um, so I went to school for exercise science because like I said, I knew I wanted to be a DPT and I knew it would be a really great undergrad to have. So exercise science, I went in from the beginning, knew I wanted to graduate with it. I thought for a little bit about switching to athletic training. um, And then I just realized that they don't get paid shit and it's not fair. You know what I mean? Like they know just as much as we do with a XI grad. Um, But yeah, so anyway, ditched that and got into CrossFit my junior year of college. And I just kind of realized that I wanted to still be competitive in sports. So I started CrossFit. Um, which my dad was already into. And like on on Christmas break, I would go do a, do a class with him. You know, it was kind of our thing. So I immediately then was like, okay, I'm going to be a CrossFit athlete. I'm going to, I'm going to wreck it. I'm going to be the next Brooke Wells. And once I started training in it, I was immediately back in the orthopedic surgeon's office with issues with my rotator cuff, as well as my knee again. So it was kind of one of those things where he told me, Um, you know, do you want to be 40 years old on the ground with your kids or do you want to have a knee replacement? 
at 30 some years old. And so I had to make the decision of, of treating my body differently and training differently. So that's when I Googled bodybuilding and I looked up bodybuilding.com and someone approached me in a gym and they asked me if I competed. And I'm like, what, like compete, like marathon, 5k, like CrossFit, what are we talking? And they're like, no, like, like bodybuilding, you're, you're so broad in your shoulders and you have a V taper, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? So that's kind of how I found bodybuilding bikini. Um, so then that year, 2016, I competed for the first time, prepped and competed for the first time. Um, I did very well. I, I won both my shows and decided that it was something I, I wanted to keep doing during that time. I obviously was sharing on social media and, um, come 2017, mostly 2018 is where I just started to grow a community and a following. And it was never intentional. I didn't really know that it was a thing. Like I didn't even know, I didn't know Katie Hearn was, I didn't know who Paige Hathaway was like, I, I had no clue. I was just doing my own little thing at a small, you know, well, not small university, but, um, then it just snowballed into just sharing and people wanting to hear. Right. Yeah. No, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's really cool. And I don't know. Um, so I'm actually from Lexington, Kentucky. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and so I was at, uh, I actually saw you in person at the Katie Hearn uh, or at the Alani new, the thing, the big thing that they had, they had all the athletes there. Uh, yes. Baby Axel was there. Uh, the summer meetup. Yes. Yeah. So, so I came down, me and my girlfriend came down and she, she was the one who turned me on to you. Actually, she loves your legs, by the way. She wanted me to make sure that I let you know. <laughs> so much <laughs> but uh but yeah yeah we 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 um saw you there didn't get a chance to talk to you because you were always doing plenty plenty of other things but but yeah no it's it's exciting it's very cool how uh in this day and age we have the opportunity to to do something like that and so were you did you start off with like one-on-one coaching were you still in college um whenever you started all this yeah so i kind of started again very unintentionally i had about 5,000 followers. Um, don't get me wrong, gained a few from like competing that weren't from my hometown, but I did just have like a lot of friends. So mm-hmm. of course I had a couple thousand followers. Um, but come January, I started an unpaid internship to finish out my exercise science degree. And I was actually at Wendy's headquarters here in Dublin, Ohio, and I was working in their corporate wellness office. So we, I did group training. I did one-on-one training. I did um, you know, tandem training, whatever it was. Um, and I got a lot of exposure there of just how to, how to assess, how to take measurements, how to do this, how to format group fitness classes, all of this and that. And through that, I was just kind of sharing that on social media. So I, yes, I started in college and I had to make money somehow. So people started asking me for workouts and I'd say, Hey, like email me, PayPal me 40 bucks. Um, let me know what you have at your gym and what your goal is. And I'll make you a PDF little workout and here you go. I'll email it to you. So it was very much just like, I wouldn't say it was slow, but I wouldn't say I was like booming by any means, but I started making extra money and I'm like, holy crap. Um, then I started getting approached by some like smaller brands to get like codes and I'd make like 30 extra dollars a month. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's insane. Oh, wow. Um, and so then fast forward to the end of that year, my coworker, I was finishing out my internship and my coworker got pregnant. So they asked for me to cover her during maternity leave. So I said, yes. So I stayed there till November. Um, and during this time I decided to launch my first ever, um, DBFT eight week challenge. So 
I started this in Jan- in February of that year. I ran my first challenge in September. Um, and I had about 200 girls at this time. I was probably at about 30,000 followers. So I've, I gained quite a bit and, um, I made a good chunk of change for a 21, 22 year old out of college. I'm like, I'm on to something. So, um, I quit my job and never looked back. I just, I ran for the hills. So I didn't start one-on-one coaching until I felt as if I was educated enough to know how to adjust macros, what that looks like, what other people's bodies do and react. Um, and I didn't start coaching one-on-one until I also was finished with college and had my ACSM CPT. Um, so yes, I was creating programs, but in terms of actually like making something relative to someone's actual nutrition and intake and stuff, I did wait until I I really did feel comfortable being able to do that properly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, we have eerily similar backgrounds because I have a bodybuilding background as well. I competed twice. My first, my first semester in college and then my last semester in college. And I actually won my NGA pro card, my senior year, my last semester. Um, and then, and then, so yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to touch on this with you as well, because I've never competed since then. It was, it was 2016. Um, I kind of, I won. And then I was just, that was my goal. I was like, this is my goal. Dieted for like 22 weeks, um, got, you know, ridiculous shape. And then I won and I was like, okay, so. All right. So that's a wrap. Let's go ahead. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, so that wasn't necessarily worth it to me. <laughs> and oh, absolutely. And I knew that I knew that the next step was like, okay, now I've got to compete against pros who are like, this is their life. Like they love this so much. And I was just like, I don't love this enough to sacrifice so much of my life. I, you know, kudos to people who do want to do that. But for me personally, after I had that experience, I was like, you know what? I've got other things that I, I've uh, got to worry about as well. So I know you you did some some competing. Do you want to uh, kind of the transition? Because have you competed since then? No, I haven't either. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I competed twice in t- 2016. And then um, I took a 15 month off season. And then I basically prepped to go pro like that. That was my goal as well. I was like, no, if I'm competing, I don't compete to lose like respect to the people that love to just compete and like buy new bikinis and show up as their best. But if I'm not winning, I'm not, I'm not playing like, and that call me a sort of college, player, college athlete, you're a college athlete. Yeah. Like, I mean, and plus competing costs a lot of money, especially for women. Absolutely. So, um, you know, it was just like, Hey, if I'm going, I'm going hard and I'm going to come out on top. So I competed twice in 2016, um, competed three times in 2018 and went pro on my third time. So I technically went pro in, in five shows. Um, however, like I had to requalify. Then I went to my national show, my first national show, I ended up getting ninth place. Um, they told me I was just way too lean and Um, it just, at that point, it was like, they wanted me a little bit fuller, came back the next show, like a a, a little bit fuller. And I won, you know, I I won my class and I went pro. So, um, after that, I kind of had the same feeling. I was like, okay, like what's next? Um, at this point, I didn't know I was moving to Florida yet. So I was very much like, okay, like I'm going to keep training here. Um, maybe compete next spring and, and go from there. So like, I wouldn't have that much of an off season just because at this point I didn't really need to grow. They told me I I looked pretty good. And so I started, um, moved to Florida, actually started prep in November of 2018, uh, right around Thanksgiving 
And it was just one of those things where I started having really bad post birth control syndrome at that time. Um, I started like not necessarily gaining weight, but my body was just constantly puffy. I didn't understand. I had just gotten implants. So a lot of people thought I had like BII. I'm like, listen, I, I, I know my body. I'm good. There's just something else going on. Um, hormonal shifts, stress, being in a new environment, different humidity, different climate. Um, it was just a lot on my body in my mind. And so I was like, you know what? I cannot be in the mindset right now to prep. I can't even imagine prepping over the holidays right now. I, I just, I can't. Um, so I capped it. And during me capping it, I brought on my first employee. So simultaneously, I realized how I was going to start growing my business. And it just became more of a priority to me to serve others instead of myself. Um, competing is so selfish, um, especially after getting engaged. It was like, I, I can't put not only myself through this anymore, but I can't put my future husband through this anymore. Um, it's just, it's a lot. And again, respect to those people out there that are married and still doing it and they do it together. Like that's amazing. Um, but for me at the end of the day, like, what am I here to do on the earth? What am I here to do? I think competing served its purpose. I earned a ton of rapport through that. Um, people can tell that you're dedicated. They can tell that you, you, when you have a goal, you will go for it. Um, you're not afraid to fail. Like, you know, I got ninth place, my first competition and I went back. Um, so it, it teaches you a lot of lessons and teaches your audience a lot of lessons about you. Um, but after that, it was just like, you know what? I, I don't think I'm going to compete again. I want to, I want to be a great wife and, you know, I want to be one day a great mom. And it was just to be a great competitor just didn't align with where my heart was now. Of course. No. And I, yeah, listen, I can, I can resonate a hundred thousand percent. And just as we, as we get, how old are you, by the way? I'm going to be 25. Oh, you're still, yeah. So, okay. I'm 26. Um, okay. So yeah, young. You're still, what? You're only a year old. We're still youngins here, but yeah, it's just like, as you, as you get older and just like, especially after college and things, and you have to kind of really make pretty big life decisions, at least what seems like pretty big life decisions in that moment. And then of course, like with competing, it takes up so much of your life. Um, and then as you get older, you kind of have these moments where it's just like, what am I here for? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it, I don't, and if it, if it's not like competing or something like that, you know, if that it's not your true calling or passion, like it, you should not probably be in the sport. Cause it's just, it takes so much and you're going up against other people who are willing to put it all out there. And that's great for them. Like they, they can do that. And then you do your thing and you serve the people that you need to serve and, and, and take care of your life the way that you want to oh, well, take care of it. Do it the best. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, and it's, have, have you noticed that? Cause what I've noticed is I'm going through the cycle with, um, business and marketing and doing my own thing, uh, the same way that I first did with training and nutrition, where I was obsessed with learning and being a sponge and trying to figure out all the new different things with training and nutrition and the cutting edge. And I, I still do some of that, of course, but it's just like, now I'm going through it with business and marketing and branding and finding like my people and the tribe. Have you found yourself going through these little cycles of uh, evolving interests and passions and things? Yeah, definitely. I think that I was super into, well, I think it's a little bit different too. I was super into nutrition, um, new exercises, best form, et cetera. And it, I, I'm personally just more of a doer. Like I have to go through it to really know how to teach it to people. So as I continue to just, for example, for sake, 
get better at my form, right? My RDL form. I started really recognizing how I'm feeling it. What, what's hinging, what's moving, how am I contracting? That's when I'm able to be a better teacher is like when I start to feel it myself. Um, so I can read, I can watch, I can kind of listen to maybe easier lingo to get it across to my community. But for the most part, I'm just a doer. I'm a doer. And then I'm a teacher, um, while doing it like correctly. Then on the other hand, in terms of very interested about nutrition, all of this stuff, you know, at the end of the day, there's other people out there that are better than what we do and can serve better than we do. So once I started bringing on now my three registered dietitians on my team that all specialize in different types of dietetics, I've learned to just not worry about stressing myself out of being the most educated about nutrition because that's why I have a team. I have a team that can uplift me when maybe that's not my forte. Just like them, they're they're really not that confident in certain movements at the gym. So when they have clients that then ask, then ask them for form tips, they'll send me their clients form tips and be like, Hey Des, I have a client doing squats like this. Can you kind of just tell me how to break it down to her? And if I have a client that comes to me and she's been keto for nine months, looking to transition out, blah, 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 I can go to my you know dietitians and go, Hey guys, I have this client. She's been keto. Here's what I'm thinking. I need to approach it, but can you guys just give me your insight? So Yes. Are we, should we always be learners? Should we always be going out of our way to educate ourselves? Absolutely. But I think that's a value in realizing too, that you don't have to be the best at everything. You just have to also be surrounded by the people that do know it. Um, so yes, ebbs and flows of cycle of learning. I think right now I'm more in the business phase because I am expanding my team so much, but it's nice in terms of the education, nutritional workout stage of now just having a team to just consistently bounce off ideas from each other and learn from each other. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Very well put. Um, <clears throat> I haven't gotten to the the team phase or anything like that. And I think I'll probably, I'm much more of the, uh, kind of like the, the small giant type of mindset where I, I like to keep things, uh, mostly for me right now. Um, but, but I, I, I'm how, how does it feel to, so you're, you're freaking 24, almost 25 years old. It's like, how, how does it, do you sometimes take a step back and you're like, holy shit, like I'm doing all, like I built this for myself and then for my people and everything. And now I'm taking care of these other people. Do you sometimes have to take a step back and does that responsibility ever scare you or what is it? How do you, how do you react? Yeah. Um, I mean, I have to say like, i I didn't come from like a, a very wealthy family by any means. Um, I wouldn't consider us very low end economically, but we weren't by any means like living lavish. My parents did what they had to do for us to survive. So in terms of finances, I'm very much um, money mindset of being scared to not have an abundance. Um, so to now have employees that I employ as well as like now a house I have to pay for, cars I have to pay for, you know, kids I have to pay for. <laughs> right, right. Me pointing to my dogs. Um, it's, it is scary sometimes, um, especially I, you know, I employed my sister and I employed her as my assistant so that she can stay home with my niece and her daughter. And so to imagine that I need to make enough money to, to fund her, my, my own sister, to take care of my own niece, that sometimes gives me a lot of panic because um, it, I, I want to help my family, right? Um, on the other hand, I have four, five, six, six other employees that I'm paying, and it's a lot to, to know that that's that needs to be returned to them. They, and they, and they deserve it times 10. So I just always try to just remember that at the end of the day, as long as we all keep doing our job in this moving part of my business, we're always going to be fine. 
um, ebbs and flows of businesses. You know, I'm sure Apple's not ranking in billions each year. There might be actually bad years for them or bad months. Or right um, so now for a lot of people, not very good. People, a lot of people, yeah. And, and are we going to go into another economic recession? Like, I don't know. Um, so it's just something that as a team, and especially me as a CEO, I have to just remember that this is the ebbs and flows of also just the, the nation um, in general. And we're a part of that moving puzzle. So I think as much weight as it put, uh, puts on me, it also keeps me going because I want to continue to be able to help these people do what they love for a living um, and expand it to something, you know, bigger one day. Um, but for now, just taking it day by day, I think is the way that I've learned to manage that kind of anxiety, if you even want to call it that. Um, and I'm usually, I'm very type A, so I think of the future, but I've really tried to adopt just a mindset, especially when it comes to that, that section of my business to just, it's day by day. We're going to always make it work. We just have to keep providing value and, pro- and improving ourselves in this industry and we'll always be okay. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that was going to be my, my next question is like, how do you, how do you deal with it? Do you do things uh, like, do you meditate on a daily basis? Like how do you kind of approach these, these problems mentally? Do you have to write them out? Do you have to talk it out with somebody with the, with the whole team? Do you have to have your alone time? Uh, kind of what typically works for you? I think what's best for me is to, to write out kind of just my plan. Okay, so this is kind of like where I'm freaking out, but all right, what do I need to execute the next few months? Um, and typically by seeing that, seeing my plan for the next few months, I'm like, okay, here's here's revenue, obviously going to be revenue. I'm going to be fine there. Here's Okay, here's another big spike that's going to be occurring. And since I run challenges and things that are like dispersed through the year as a financial income for us as a company, it's, you know, it's very... you know, we have a really high month and then we might have just some average months and then we have another high month, but then, you know, you put the total income and the total payout that I'm giving my employees in it, it all balances out. Um, so it's just one of those things that as I, as I continue to be an entrepreneur and continue to just learn more about it, um, it's definitely something that same thing. You just have to remember there's always going to be big months, big days, and then just, just normal days. But in the position that we're in as online fitness coaches, online period, anything, I don't care what kind of business you run, we have the opportunity to make thousands of dollars a month by doing what we love online. In our couple thousand dollars a month, we should never ever normalize that. Um, whether it's you know fifty thousand dollars a month or you're just making four thousand dollars a month, there's a lot of people out there that will never make four thousand dollars a month. Um, there's people, especially our age, who will never make $50,000 in one month. Um, And so it's something to not be ever discouraged about and go, oh shit, I only made 12,000 this month. Like what? Oh my gosh. Like reel that back in. What do you mean just 12,000? You know, um, sure. Is that maybe below your normal or whatever that is? It's all relative. Do you fall into that? I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm curious about this though. Do you, do you fall into that trap of comparing yourself? Cause especially with uh, not even just your physique, but with your your business and well, and just how you've been progressing as a whole, like as a person. Yeah, definitely. I think I, I think I used to more than I do now. It's very natural. It's very human to say, "Oh, I don't compare myself." Please, like, save it because I know that you do. Some days, even if it's one day a month, you're comparing something. Um, I think I used to compare a lot because I see people with bigger followings than me, or maybe they get more likes on their picture than me, and I think, "Oh my gosh, I'm I'm." they're probably making more money. That is probably the most outrageous thing that you could ever assume ever on social media. I know plenty 
And I've heard of plenty of people with millions of followers and they cannot make a dime off their programs um, because they're not marketing savvy. They're not a business owner. They're an influencer. So I think to just take a step back from that kind of, kind of comparison that maybe I used to have and just realize, you know what? Um, I'm sure I'm doing pretty, pretty well. And I'm sure a lot of other people would, would be very honored to be in my position, even with a lower follower count. Um, so well, in by lower, I mean, that's relative, Sure. but, um, I think that the best way I've broken out of that is again, evaluating what's going on in my business. You know, I've quadrupled my income in the, you know, every single year I brought on eight, nine employees. I'm doing, you know, celebrating myself. And that's not even to like flex or, or be cocky, but it's to be, you have to, you have to be proud of what you're doing, no matter what that is in life. Um, or else you're never going to be proud. You're never going to take that time to be proud. Um, so the more you can step back and reevaluate it that way is the best way you're not going to fall into that trap, but to also celebrate what other people are doing and knowing that, um, having that abundance mindset of there's, there's clients everywhere. There is, there is a consumer for you, no matter how many followers you have, you just have to figure out how to market to them correctly and how to, to build a relationship with them Mm -hmm. and serve them. Yeah. And serve them for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, yeah, I think that's a lot of people, we hear that, but it's so hard to kind of switch that gear, but I think it's also a practice, right? You have to practice it over and over and over again. Uh, and if you don't, there's always like, cause even you said like people are going to see you, you have hundreds of thousands of followers and like, okay, she still compares herself to other people who have more followers or more money. It's just like, I wrote about this the other day. It's just like there it's, it's never ending. That void is always going to be there. And if you look for it, there's always going to be someone that can fill that void of who you're comparing yourself to. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, once, once you have it, I remember all I wanted to do was hit a hundred thousand followers. That was like, that was like groundbreaking for me. Once I got a hundred thousand, it was like, I need 200,000. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. really, 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 really just being intentional. And I'm, I'm truly saying it, it is, you have to think about doing it, but it really is just being where your feet are and being so thankful for what you have. Um, instead of always focusing on what's next. Now, I think that that's good in a certain complexity because you do want to be very focused minded and okay, what am I going to do? What's my goal? What's my end goal? But to fixate on that is different than to, to meditate on it real quick and then go, okay, now here's where I am. What do I need to do right now? Um, instead of being too hyper-focused on, on that end goal, maybe. Absolutely. I've, I've, uh, a, a book kind of on this that I've been reading is called already free by Bruce Tift. Um, and it's amazing. It's a, he's a psychotherapist actually, but he, he talks about these things and he has this cool concept of being and becoming, and it, it's, it's essentially, uh, accepting whatever is going on and whatever you're experiencing in, in the moment, but then also working to become, uh, you know, a better future you, because you have to have both, right? You can't just accept yourself and just do nothing all day and think everything's fine and dandy without taking the appropriate actions on a daily basis to set yourself up for the future. But you also can't be hustle, hustle, hustle. Uh, I need to constantly need more, more, more because then you'll never reach contentment, right? Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, finding finding that balance is, is gonna be absolutely huge. Um, and so one thing I, I like to ask people on here, um, it's, it's very simple and this could be business related, this could be family related, um, but what, what's exciting you right now about your life? Um, man, I mean, there's, 
there's a lot of things going on. I'm excited for, I think just being in my new home is most exciting to me. And I, I know that's already present, but really being home, being, being here, being present uh, mentally and physically here in my new house, um, you know, starting this podcast, I'm so freaking excited to dip into that. I think it's just going to be a new, new medium for me to connect and really continue to harvest those relationships with the people I serve. Um, and I think the, the other thing I'm just most excited for is just to continue to, to go through life and, and go through these unexpected things, but really start to find excitement in the unexpected. Um, it's something I've never really done before. Um, I, you know, cause like I said, very type a very plan, very what's next, when's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? When do I need to be there? What should I wear? How should my hair like very type a, um, but to really come into a little bit more type B of just going with the flow and learning how to do that. And especially side by side with my husband, um, as we grow together, um, and just to see where, where this year will take us. I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of crazy turns and twists that are going to happen, but I think it's going to be something that is going to also teach us both new lessons about not only each other, but, um, internally, you know, how, how are we as individuals? How do we want to be as individuals? Um, and how do we want to continue to, to help those that are around us, whether it's our family, my, my followers, my friends, uh, whatever. So I think I'm just really excited this year for, for just a lot of growth in multiple ways. Of course. Of course. Is your, is your, is your husband, is he uh kind of more type B? Is he kind of compliment your strengths? Yeah. So yes, yes. He is, he is the most laid, maybe not the most laid back. He's gotten better. Same thing, getting into the corporate world, getting into professional business. Um, he's definitely flipped a little bit of a switch. So it's kind of funny. We both compliment each other very well. Um, but he definitely brings out the the debts, chill, like chill, you're relax, relax. Even though it pisses me off to more end than when he tells me to like relax or chill. Cause it's like, you have no idea what's going on in my mind. But if I didn't have someone in my life to tell me, Hey, chill, relax, we're you're, you literally, you're going to be fine. Um, I wouldn't be chill or relax. And so yeah, yeah. very much a double-sided sword. <laughs> yeah. Basically nine out of 10 times telling someone to relax does in fact not allow does them to relax. It does in fact not, not a good move, but uh, it's, it's still constructive. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's really good. Um, okay. Last, last thing. Uh, this is always, this is always fun for me. If you could have an alternative career, and you could do anything that you want. You could have any skill set. You could be seven feet tall. You could be super fast. You could have amazing singing voice. If you could do anything that you wanted outside of what you're doing now, what would it be? I would be a talk show host, 100%. I would love to be like Ellen. Like I would love to gift to people and like surprise people and, you know, just change the trajectory of their life and inspire them and give them confidence that maybe they never had before while also just, um, being an, uh, a TV personality, you know, showing up, hanging out, um, and just talking. Like I love to talk. I love to be in front of a camera simultaneously. So that's why I think YouTube and podcasting both are like the creme of the crop because I love YouTube to be on camera, but I love podcasts to be able to talk longer and people expect that, you know, they're like, okay, the podcast, I know it's going to be over 45 minutes. Versus YouTube, where like the only people that can make 45 minutes are like Jeffree Star, Shane Dawson, the Dolan twins. You know what I mean? There's only those few people that will really watch for longer than that. Um, so I think that that would be my one thing 
that I would do is to have my own, my own TV show and have it be successful. Like be of course. an immediate success. Ellen, Ellen, I get it. Yeah. Yes. What's, what's great is I'm so proud that I know of all Jeffree Star, all those people that you were talking about. Cause my girlfriend, <laughs> my girlfriend loves, uh, Desi Katie, Jeffree Star, like she's big yes. into makeup as well. So yeah. Oh good. Oh good. I love that for her. So yeah. you picked a good one, obviously. Oh, she's, she's, she's always looking fly. She's the best. I promise you. <laughs> um, but all right. Des, thank you so much for coming on real quick. Uh, plugs where, what do you want to, uh, uh, plug? Yeah. So, um, you know, for the most part, if you find me on Instagram, you will find everything else. So you can just search Des B, um, D E S B as in boy, but not a boy in three underscores. That's my Instagram handle, um, through there, you know, link in my bio, right. You can find everything, but I do have a YouTube Desiree Scoggin fitness. I have a Twitter Des B fit, um, obviously podcast launching brunch with Des B. But like I said, find me for the most part on IG and you'll be able to find my TikTok, my my incredibly good dancing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm pissed. I'm pissed we didn't get to talk about TikTok, but it's okay. We'll figure it out another time because I yeah. think t- yeah, TikTok is the most addicting thing that I, I can't get on it because I'm just on it for like an hour at least. Well, it's yeah. Well, you'll have to save. I think it's a good podcast topic to simply just talk about the power of TikTok, though. Mm, yeah. How a lot of people are using it the right way, and then some people are are purely just. I don't want to say getting lucky. No one's just lucky, but they're just doing that. And it's really cool. It's really cool to see. Um, but yeah, you should save that for another topic. I think it'd be just fun to like literally just go off on. <laughs> Absolutely. We definitely will. And I, I hope, uh, hope we can do this again soon. Yes. Hopefully we can meet up in person sometime later on yeah. down the road. Absolutely. That would be great. Um, all right, Des, thank you so much for joining me once again. Of course. Thank you for having me. And that is that, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the More Than Fitness podcast. And please, if you could help me out a little bit here and leave a rate and review in iTunes and also take a screenshot and post it up on your IG story, tag me at mattmcleod 6 I'd love to share it. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast and also so that we can share the word with other people. I would love to build up this community, build up this tribe of people that we have like you and I, uh, and get the word out there. Uh, Also, if you want more free content, you can check the links in the description. I have my free four-week workout plan, The Ultimate Physique Development. And also, if you want to work with me online, one-on-one for personal coaching, you can check the link in the description as well. Uh, And anything else you need, please send me an email, send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. Again, thank you so much for listening.